Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here on a Wednesday episode, another off-season winky Wednesday. My guest, Nick Winkler, joining me momentarily. First, I want to remind everybody that we have the network-wide Locked On NFL Mock Draft special kicking off Friday. You will hear the first episode right here on Locked On 49ers, but for the rest of it, next week you're going to need to tune in Monday through Friday to find out who the 49ers selected in this mock draft and who every other team in the NFL selects uh, in the first round. Plus, we're going to go into the second round, so every team has a chance. We, we hear from all 32 hosts. So the hosts making their selections, the college hosts are involved doing vignettes on the players and profiling everybody. Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, and myself are hosting it. And we host Locked On NFL Daily here on the network. So you got to check that out anyway. But it's a fun, I mean, it's so fun. It's a huge event. It's the the, the biggest listenership of the year last year. It's going to be even bigger and better this year. So I hope everybody tunes in to that. And I will be making the selections for the 49ers. Nick, my guest today, made the selections yesterday. Actually, you know what? Screw all the other stuff. Let's just get Nick on the show and start this thing. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nick, last year... You were involved in the mock draft special. You made the selection for the 49ers. We talked about it. And even though I'm hosting it, we decided, you know what? It's not a conflict of interest. They're going to let me make the selections this time. So you're not needed, even though you did a hell of a job last year. Last year was really tough, man. And picking second, you know, it was a really (laughs) difficult decision. Who do I choose between? No, it only makes sense that you make it. I mean, you know, if you're asking me this year at 13, you know, I just, I don't know, man. Who's going to fall? Is it going to be a wide receiver, one of the top three? We're going to go cornerback, offensive line? I don't know. This is all you, man. This is your expertise. This is why people tune in to listen to you, Brian. Mainly, I'll be honest, it's your draft knowledge. Well, 31 gets a lot more difficult even than 13, too, because 13, you 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 can have a short list of players. 31 gets a little bit more difficult, and it depends on who you take at 13 and who's still on the board at 31. I think there will be some options for moving around. There will be trades in this mock draft, too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It was super fun last year, and I can't wait to get that going. And I think a lot of people need it you know because people need content right now it's quarantine and it's going to stay quarantined for a while the draft even virtual did you hear the news roger goodell sending the memo out to all 32 teams basically if one team was going to be quarantined everybody was so different locations for everybody involved it's going to be teleconference it's going to be via phone it's going to be a lot like uh, a fantasy football draft so any gms out there in the nfl that have done fantasy football in the past. I don't think many of them do, but the few that do might have a little advantage this year in the draft. Right, especially the ones that have only, you know, they haven't done in-person ones where it's like, right. oh, you know, you have 10 of your buddies and they're all in different places and you're talking trash in the little little scroll menu, uh, the little <laughs> comment section. Dude, oh my God. once in a while you like call a buddy and you're like, hey, dude, what what's up with so-and-so being such a D-bag? That is a fantastic idea. We need a trash talk like chat box that everybody can follow that only the GMs can talk in so they can talk smack to each other. Oh dude, that is a great idea. Dude. And Matt Williamson and I were talking about this on today's or on yesterday's locked on NFL that I bet there's going to be just because it's forced innovation. There's going to be things that happen this year that teams are going to learn about their, the way they scout prospects and and Mm -hmm. what they do leading up to drafts. And I'm sure networks and the NFL about how they host a draft I bet there will there will be things that happen this year that they would have never done before that they'll do forever. That'll be part of the draft yeah. forever, right? Yeah, and I bet we also get to see a lot more inside, like the, the their process and their chatting and things like that. I just feel like 
they're going to have to fill something. You know, they're not going to have this huge room full of screaming fans and, you know, all these guys, you know, they're look, waiting to get drafted and this and that. So it's, I think it's going to be a lot more, you know, like, oh, yeah, this team's going to let us, you know, watch and, you know, and then on their war room. I don't know. I'm just I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping we get a little more access to to what these guys are going through as they're leading up to a draft pick and things like that. So that this is the time, right? I mean, this is when we want that kind of knowledge. And there's GMs like in the basement of their homes. You'll be hilarious when you see like their the kid run by. Yeah, there's Zoom camera and you'll see the cat walk across the, the computer like that happens to us podcasters frequently. There's actually some I saw um, some prop bets about how many cats and dogs there was over unders <laughs> during the first what round of the draft. Kids? Yeah, during the first round of the draft, how many cats or dogs will be seen on screen. And you and I know doing this kind of thing all the time. You see the cats, but you hear the dogs. You hear the dog from the other room, but you, right. the cats make the visual appearances. So I went over on the cats and under on the dogs on that prop bet. That was a smart play by you. You're going to make some money. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be hilarious when you see like that mirror in the background that the GM didn't know was there and he's not wearing any pants. <laughs> or like the camera just zooms down real quick and it's yeah. like oh yeah he's not even wearing shoes yeah just just life you know like right. life at home it's not going to be pretty and it's going to be a little bit more real which i'm excited about and uh, the one thing i'm i'm gonna miss is you know the fans the crazy fans that travel and they're there and i always think of the ricky williams year and the eagles everyone thought the eagles was going to draft ricky williams and the fans were ready for it and they took donovan mcnab and the fans were so mad and most so fans mad. more fans get mad that are there live at the draft are upset or disappointed about the pick than like the pick because nobody knows who yeah. the picks really are going to be and they're always wrong and they're always mentally prepared for one guy and they think it's going to be this one player that they know and they recognize the name of and then the name that comes out of the commissioner's mouth is different and they're so upset and so mad. Like I want to see some sort of a, a fan cam where somebody's really upset about it and like burns a Jersey or something. Yeah. It's, there's not going to be anything like that. There's going to be no. no, we'll see those later. You know, we'll see those on Twitter and this and that, because there can be no gatherings. Like no, no one's going to be able to get together with your buddies and do that. And maybe there'll be a bunch of zoom chat rooms or teleconferences where a bunch of, you know, fanboys are together, you know, talking about things with the, you know, same kind of thing with like a, a <laughs> chat rooms of the past, right? Where it's just, yeah, like, there's, what, there's, who, what? There's always Angry a lot of emoji. Yeah, there's, there's always a, a lot of really funny, uh, they go semi viral reaction videos of fans that are filming themselves yeah. watching the draft and then they lose their mind when the, the pick happens. And, and the draft we is always a lot crazy. More of those. Like you think you know what's going to happen in the draft, but the real draft is always more insane than any mock draft because you just can't predict it. And there's 32 teams and they have their own process, 32 different draft boards. And we tend to get in a little bit of a group think and the media and analysts kind of start to get a little similar and in the same right. way. And uh, teams think about things very different. So that's well, funny. If you were from the future and you wrote down a mock draft right now of what the actual draft's going to be like, people are like, you're dumb. People would that's rip never your mock draft. Happen. Oh. That that's the funniest reaction to any mock draft or any you know draft scenario is people say right. no way blank happens. You, you right. just can't say that about the draft. You ever. don't know. You have no clue. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazier than than you can imagine. I can't wait. Oh, let's see here. What are we going to do? We got some questions about the draft, about the 49ers specific picks, about the 49ers in general. There's not really any news happening right now. Those GMs hold up in their mom's basement. That's another funny thing because old school football guys are always made fun of like stat nerds and, and podcasters maybe, or media members and, and the general public as if they're stupid. And like the, the, the old cliche was that the 
pro football focus guys or whoever are, are working from their mom's basement. Now, literally, the NFL GMs are in their mom's basement, right? The teams right. are in their mom's basement now. So uh, that I think that's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, I want to see like I want to see that. I want to see like mom coming down behind him with like an armful of laundry. You're like, oh, sorry, dear, mom, I forgot. I'm on the clock. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff, man. Curlers in her hair, you yeah. know, the whole bit. Absolutely, absolutely. And the GM that's maybe not as technologically savvy, and his internet goes out, or he has some kind of problem while you know they're about to pick, and, and there's like. The teams that are more technologically advanced and into it, I think, will have a better job, do a better job navigating this thing. It's going to be very yeah. different for a lot of teams, and they have to talk to each other. And especially if you get deeper down the draft, you know, it's a lot easier if you're drafting fifth because you know you sure. have a list of five players that you can draft, you know. Uh, but talking trade, and I wonder if they're going to be more lenient with the clock and the time with the time yeah. probably you think they're going to extend it has there been any talk about that uh kevin the colbert the, the steelers gm i saw an article today he said the draft should actually be longer because there's so much That's more what I'm guesswork and yeah. there should actually be not even longer per pick and more days but there should actually just be more rounds added he said there should be three more rounds it should be a 10 round draft rather than everything being um just to have more shots at it because they have a lot yeah. less information. So they're shooting blind with some prospects instead of having everybody be a, a an undrafted free agent after the draft. So that's an interesting take. And I think it's a little bit too late. I don't think they're going to change any of that stuff. But I really liked the idea of having a seven day long draft where it was one round per day. Give the teams more time and let's let's do this thing slow. It's not like there's anything else we're in a rush to right. do, right? Stretch it out like a two-week process. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's no reason that they should do more than one round per day I love in it. our current state. It makes sense, too, because you haven't had time to work these guys out. You haven't had all your visits. You know, you haven't had all that stuff. So, yeah, and, and as soon as the draft ends, it's like, okay, you're going to bring in these unrestricted free agents. But, like, how are you going to do that? You know, you're just going to call them all on the phone, and you can't actually bring them in. And, yeah, it's just a really weird situation where I, I love the idea of – longer between each pick i mean it sucks for a tv show obviously but it, you know it just makes the most sense from a you know a logistical standpoint like these guys aren't in the same room together they're not you know no one can stand up on a table you know and yell for their guy yeah. you know they're just like talking in all caps you know or like <laughs> yeah you can just, just mute you can mute that one scout that won't yeah, show up exactly. about a player You're like, yeah we're not drafting that dude from ball state i'm sorry and they yeah just mute boom him. oh yeah just, like <laughs> pretend like you guys see him okay just nod at him we'll just mute him Oh, man. All right, let's get to this mailbag. We've got a lot of questions to talk about, not a lot of news, so let's get into what the listeners want to get into next. Okay, I've got a couple of tweets I want to hit. There's a bunch of emails to catch up on as well. Let's start with AC on Twitter. He said, before getting injured, Kentavious Street was touted as a legit prospect, late first, mid-second round pick. Is the front office hedging their bets on guys like Streets to finally pay dividends going into the 2020 season? Um, I don't know how much faith you can put into Kentavious Street. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Nick, on that defensive tackle position? You lose one of the best players on your defensive line in DeForest Buckner. Are you trying to replace him with one player? Or do you think the 49ers have enough in-house to move guys around and have their depth work for him and replace DeForest Buckner that way. Yeah. You just can't replace a guy like that with one guy. You're, you're getting rid of a, 
a top five defensive lineman. And then, you know, you're not going to find that guy in the draft. Like you might, but what are the chances of that? You know, and, and what are the chances that one of your other guys steps up and all of a sudden, you know, is the stud that Buckner's been for the last four or five years? You know, it's like, uh, you, you gotta street, for example, he's a lottery ticket. You, you just don't know what you have there. Like you hope. Yeah. That'd be awesome. If all of a sudden he lived up to all the, you know, the potential and things like that, but you can't bank on that. You can't bank on having anybody in house. That's gonna be Buckner because Buckner's, you know, there, there's maybe three or four other guys in the league that's better than him. And that's it. And maybe you know, one of the so, guys that's most similar to Buckner is the guy they already have on the team that they decided to keep instead, and Eric Armstead. I wonder yeah. if Armstead's going to play a lot more defensive tackle this year, maybe even in some base downs and play some uh, defensive tackle there because he was mostly sure. a defensive end, early downs, and then kicked inside. I wonder if he could play more inside. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, I mean, body type-wise, he's probably the most similar there is in the league to Buckner. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, the, the guy might be you know, on, on the staff already that, that is that guy that, that can step up and, and be your starter there and feel that it's a big hole. Let's be completely honest. That That's no small feat, you know, filling in for DeForest Buckner. But, you know, if you, if you keep a couple of guys going through there, you keep them fresh, you get a good rotation going. I, I don't see them taking a huge step back, but as, when it comes to street, like, I hope so. I hope he's that guy. And if you were trying to replace DeForest Buckner with one player, you, then you have to use number 13, the yeah. pick you got for him on another guy. And I wonder if the 49ers might have an opportunity to get better as a team using 13 on a different position and trying to use that depth and just filter guys through, keep guys fresh, use some smaller bodied guys inside as rushers and use a rotation there and replace Buckner with, you know, essentially two two players and not have to spend a high level draft pick on that. That's the way I would attack it. Ideally, but the draft might fall in a way where the best player available is a defensive tackle, then sure. you can try to replace him with one guy, I guess. Yeah, it would really shock me if they did, you know, draft another defensive lineman there early in the, in the <laughs> draft. Uh, but you never know. Like you said, it could fall that way, and all of a sudden, you know, someone's in their lap, and they're like, oh, we just can't pass on this guy. I would almost say, if you look at the league that's going more toward nickel as the new base, and it is, it's already there, you know, 60 to 70% mm-hmm. of the time you're in nickel, that means Eric Armstead's inside, if and it looks like I'd be surprised if D Ford, unless his knee makes a big recovery, that he's here longer than one more season. Sure. I would almost say the defensive end, like an edge rusher, is as much of a need as a defensive tackle, if that's the case. Because you could find a veteran defensive tackle to play rundowns and play 40% of your snaps and draft another edge guy that next year at this time can replace D Ford, who's both expensive and got this chronic knee injury and and who knows how many snaps he'll be able to play in 2019 and hopefully it's a lot more than last year but he was basically a situational rusher last year you're paying him a lot of money I might put defensive end as a higher need the defensive tackle right now yeah yeah you were talking about D Ford and my first the first thing that came to my mind is like well how much is he actually going to play this year and his snaps are important like I don't care if he doesn't play very many snaps. As long as he's on the field on third down and rushing sure. the quarterback, that's what he's here for. So that's okay. You don't want him. I mean, and, and that's why you have Solomon Thomas and you have Eric Armstead and you have Kentavious Streets. Right. And we haven't even talked about Solomon Thomas. If there's a guy who has the opportunity to be this year's version of what Eric Armstead was last year, it's Solomon Thomas. I liked what I saw from Solomon Thomas last year. You know, he just, he had nonstop energy. You know, he, the way he lined up right over the ball. I, I'd love to see him take that step of course. And that, you know, he, he sees it, you know, he sees like, okay, this guy's gone. I'm sure this is a huge spot for me to step up and really prove my worth in the NFL. 
you could also, you know, he, he's what one year away from the chance to get paid. You know, like it, this is this is a big time for Talman Thomas. It's going to be a big season for him, and hopefully, he does. You know, put in the work right now, and and does come out and, and snatches that job, or you know, maybe it's a rotation between him and Armstead on the inside there. And I, I just don't know. I I like what the 49ers have. Obviously, you know, I, I love DJ Jones coming back too in in the middle of that line, and yep. I just yeah, I, I don't see them addressing it high in the draft but i definitely see them addressing at some point in this draft getting another guy in there absolutely and just real quick to to close the door on this defensive line conversation if you're looking at what the base defense is right now you have nick bosa and eric armstead are going to be on the field almost every down as long as you know health and stamina willing they're going to be on the field a lot so they're going to be on the field in base they're going to be on the field in nickel situations Maybe base outside for Armstead, inside nickel. Maybe he plays a lot more inside and base, too. Then DJ Jones is going to be out there in base. Absolutely. I, I, he's that one technique, nose tackle, and I mm-hmm. think he's really important. And the 49ers missed him when he was gone. Maybe they should even add another big-bodied guy to put next to him in, in some base and jumbo situations and also have coverage in case he gets hurt. And so they have another nose because they, they never really had a true backup nose. And I think... right. Um, I think they have Julian Taylor is a big body guy like Julian Taylor a lot. He just can't stay on the field. So I don't know how much you can trust him. I don't know how much you can trust streets. And then in nickel Ford on one side, both on the other side, Armstead inside and a lot of Solomon Thomas and a lot of Kerry mm-hmm. Hyder and a lot of um, uh, Ronald Blair. I mean, they have a lot of players sure. to filter in on the inside in, in rushing situations. So I think they're okay there. If I had to, plan this thing out ideally i would probably sign a veteran at a at a low dollar amount if you can find somebody snacks harrison or whoever on a one-year short contract to play defensive tackle make sure you're stout inside make sure you're covered depth wise at nose and and you're stopping the run allowing those linebackers to run free allowing the edge guys to do their business and then filtering all the the guys you have maybe add a later round pick to the equation as a rusher and filter those guys, keep them in healthy. That's the way I would attack the defensive line unless the draft falls in a way and it could to where a defensive tackle and there's two studs in this draft is the best player available at 13. Yeah, I think you're right on point there. And I wonder if they might wait until after the draft to find out how it goes. And if they don't draft that tackle, then they go back to the free agent market and, and just find one more guy to make sure they're good inside. Right. Just add a little depth. Cause they didn't, they haven't added a, a player right they to, not that i'm aware of they haven't not added a player in free agency to replace the starter in base unless they're just planning on eric armstead being the full-time defensive tackle rather just than justin nickel which is possible but at, at this point they have not traded another body in for unless you want to i mean Kerry hyder is like 270 pounds right he's not the guy Mm-mm. so yeah, that's interesting. They, they could go a number of ways there, and I think maybe they're leaving themselves open at defensive tackle and at wide receiver and at cornerback and at offensive line guard slash tackle to find out how things go in the first round and then plan accordingly after that and everything files in. Right, yeah. You don't, you don't limit what you can take based on who you took in free agency. That makes sense. Another question about the offensive line here, this one from Travis on Twitter. He said, how do you feel about... Brunskill, ESPN has him starting at right guard. I wouldn't mind kicking the tires on that. Need an offensive line in free agency and draft next year. Could afford free agency if Staley leaves. Um, and hashtag 49ers he adds to that. So he's there's a lot of... He's basically saying, okay, do you like Brunskill at guard? Do you draft a guard to start? Keep Brunskill as the swing tackle. Do mm-hmm. you... 
weight on offensive line because depth is okay and you feel like you have your five starters with Brunskill in there. Wait till Staley leaves. Use Staley's dollars that he uh, are is no longer being, being paid by the team and then pay a free agent offensive tackle rather than drafting one early. What do you what do you think there? Do you like one of those scenarios more yeah, than another? Yeah, I like I like that last scenario there. To wait wait on offensive tackle, don't yeah. draft one early this year. Roll with Brunskill at guard. You've yeah. got School, you've got Sean Coleman, and then next year worry about offensive tackle if Staley retires. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Oh, that scares me. That scares Does me it? a little bit. The offensive line is so important and it Brun- is. Brunskill if he's a starter, now he's no longer that depth piece that they needed so much in multiple positions last year. Mm-hmm. And if God forbid Staley does get hurt, or I think Mayoko said that there's maybe still well, a chance I, that, that Staley retires, which the 49ers need to find out in the next two weeks, if he's still thinking about retirement possibly, because if right. you draft a tackle, let's say they draft the tackle. He's the best guy on the board, offensive tackle in round one. You can plug that guy in at guard year one. Now you've upgraded guard by quite a bit and you have your future tackle and you have coverage at offensive tackle and guard with Brunskill being your sixth man, essentially, on the offensive line. So now your depth's improved. You have a future starter at tackle. You have coverage if there's injuries, and you're better with your starting five than you were last year, probably. So that's that's a scenario I can live with, but then you're not drafting a wide receiver. You're not drafting right. a cornerback. Right, and when I say you know you don't address tackle or guard you know in this draft i, I just meant early on right obviously. no you try, yeah you try to yeah you take a later shot at a couple of guys probably you know but, and but here's yeah, the, I, go go ahead. yeah no go ahead oh i was just gonna say i i just i feel like the skill position right now i think is a little bit more important you know or or yeah. even just that cornerback because of how many free agents you know are are going to be there next year you know how many guys we're going to lose next year i think that if we're really looking to the future um, yeah, left tackle is very important, and and yeah, and and you know Staley's been around. He he may be you know in his last year here, but he might not be as yeah, he, well. You know, he might want to come back for another season after this, and and you know maybe you do you know you do move Brunskill out to right tackle, you move McGlinchey over to left tackle eventually. Like I, I don't know, I just feel like there's all kinds of options, and if I'm looking, you know, early on at, at uh, either going after a skill position or a, a cornerback, which will be a huge need next year. I think I weigh those two a lot higher than than offensive tackle immediately. Ideally, you allow the fact that you have a possible starting five on the offensive line. You have your starting five intact, despite them becoming free agents next year, a lot (laughs) of them in the defensive backfield. You have those set now. You try to get lucky. You try to allow yourself to develop somebody after pick 13 whether it's pick mm-hmm. 31 or it's in the fifth round or they make a trade and they're, they're picking the second, third round range, wherever, try to get lucky. Try to develop a future starter at tackle or right. center or guard or cornerback or whatever. And then you're ahead of the game because now next year you're not pigeonholed into free agency, big dollars somewhere as a starter because tackles are expensive. Right. Corners are expensive. You're not um, pigeonholed Guard into... Wide receivers are expensive. You right. know, the three yeah. areas of need are very expensive. Absolutely. And you're not pigeonholed there in the draft either where the 49ers could be picking very late. So you have this opportunity at pick 13 to really get some impact for your football team. And you have to be fluid, but, man, it's hard not to look at that pick and say, you know what, let's end this and get a wide receiver that is a no-doubt starter with Debo and forget all this nonsense at the wide receiver position, right? Right. Yeah, I think so, man. I, I think that, that, to me, makes the most sense. David has a scenario. 
Jerry Ooh, Judy, right. have you watched any of these college wide receivers, by the way? I have. I, like you said, man, I, I have a lot of time on my hands now, so I've actually been watching a lot more uh, college footage than I have in, uh, in my entire life. <laughs> and the, the three names that you've probably paid a lot of attention to then are Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs, who are you the, the consensus it. top three that people are talking about, and I, I can't envision another wide receiver being the selection at 13. There's a number of guys mm-hmm. that could potentially be drafted later, 31 and beyond. And it's a deep wide receiver class. The problem is the 49ers don't have the luxury of waiting because they have bodies, right? You have a lot of question right. marks. You you draft a third round receiver. Maybe you like him, but you still don't know. Like, go get the best guy. That's And that's it seems like that's the way this thing is lined up with letting. Because if you have your starter, if you have Emmanuel Sanders in-house, now you can wait. Now you can say, okay, let's wait. Let's see what we can, what we have, develop a third-round wide receiver, go another way in round one. It just seems like, man, if that guy's on the board and one of those three players is there, and I like all three of them, you almost have to do it and say, let's just slam the door on this position and, and, and hope maybe some other depth develops throughout the rest of the roster. But let's get our guys. Let's get some dudes in here and, and, and kick this offense up a notch. Yeah, and I, I've been really influenced by a lot of these highlight reels and and things Ooh, like that. Yeah. C.D. Lamb, man, he is—he's looking like he—he's got that acro, acrobat. Um, yeah. What's the word I'm looking acrobatic. for? Acrobatic. Yeah, acrobatic. Uh, he, Acro- he just—he looks skills. like that guy, you know, that'll go up and get it no matter where it is. I'm like, oh, I, I'm—I'm I'm more and more in that camp. You know, at first I was like, oh, Judy, yeah, that makes the most sense. Uh, blah blah blah. Now I'm leaning towards Lamb, and who knows where I'll be. You know, come come a week from now, based on just highlight reels that I'm watching on Twitter, man. Okay, so Wink's planting his flag. I think CD Lamb sounds like your favorite right now. It is, it is right now. But again, we'll check back in next week. We'll see where I'm at. Yeah, the, you love the way his ball skills, the way he tracks the mm-hmm. ball, the way he goes and gets it, and he's got good short area quicks. Maybe he's not as fast as Rugs or Judy with long speed, but he's right. got those things that translate, including. The mentality, and and I think that's the one thing that jumps out. With it's not that rugs, and it's not that Judy don't have that quote unquote dog mentality, but Lamb, that's one of his strengths. Is like the ball's mine when it's in the air. He's so confident right. in his hands, so confident going and getting the ball and taking it away. The one thing is that you wish he was just a little bit bigger because right. DeAndre Hopkins is the the comparison he gets a lot, and Hopkins was fifteen pounds heavier. So if you're going to be a bully in the NFL. It's a little bit harder when you're 6'1", 198 than if you're 6'3", 220. Yeah, I mean, you got to think he'll, he'll get a man body at some point, right? You know, he'll get in there, he'll, he'll put on some weight. They'll, they'll, they'll make sure that he adds a little uh, little something to his frame just to, to keep him healthy, right? I mean, you got to do something. Yeah, you, you take a beating at that, at that weight and height. You know, I guess he's probably not going to grow anymore. But Well, yeah, and, I mean, these guys are young, too. They're all 21 yeah, years old. They're all true saying. juniors, so... Uh, as a true a man with ma- with old man strength, and, uh, you you definitely gain a little bit as you get older. Well, what about Henry Ruggs? Have you not been uh, mystified and and really wooed by by that four two seven speed? Watching some of the big plays he makes. Well, like I said, you know, I I've gone with the other two so far. So check in with me next week, and I'll probably be on Ruggs. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, and it's funny because I have them all pretty close, and they're all top ten overall for me when when I'm looking at how I would plan this out for the 49ers so mm. happy with all of them they all win yeah. in different ways they all make sense in their own way and i think they're all enough shanahan types although as far as testing goes and workout numbers if you listen to tuesday's episode with akash on we talked about that and he broke down what kyle shan received what what 
Kyle Shanahan likes and looks for in wide receivers, and you know there's a type just by watching him play, but when he broke down the combine and pro day testing numbers for wide receivers, it's like 100%. Mm-hmm. They all fit a certain criteria. And right. Ruggs and Lamb, neither one of them ran the agility drills of the combine. There are no pro days this year. Judy had a nice 40 time, but the one um, agility drill he ran, the short shuttle, is outside of that profile that Shanahan has drafted that is literally 100% of the roster right now. So if Kyle Shanahan drafts one of those three wide receivers at 13 overall, it's uncharted territory. It's right. They will fit a profile that zero 49ers right now currently on the roster fit which is interesting so now you're making me think they're not going to take a wide receiver but, see how easily i'm swayed <laughs> i know but it, it'll make you crazy too the more you think I about know. this it, like you'll wake up and you're like it, it, it's definitely and i can see how teams are i think it was let's see who's oh man i don't remember who it was now somebody said that they thought oh no it was a uh, lee steinberg super agent from way back a uh, mm-hmm. long time Agent Lee Steinberg, I think most famously, he was the guy, he was the agent sitting next to Aaron Rodgers when he was sitting there at the table forever, not falling, falling, falling. Um, Lee Steinberg said that he thinks this will in some ways help teams because they'll have less information and there's analysis paralysis that happens. And I know it happens to me. They won't overthink it. Yeah, you start getting so much information now, it's like, forget about it. Who was better on the field? And when you watch all three of these wide receivers on the field, you think, oh, these are Shanahan types, but they don't have the numbers. And all of them that Shanahan has brought in, free agents, draft picks, going back to Atlanta, they all have this certain profile testing-wise, and these guys won't, which makes things even more interesting. Maybe, and look, Kyle Shanahan receivers don't blow you away, so maybe this will help them in the long run. Right. right. Dude, oh, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I love that so much. I really do. Like, I, I at two, it was pretty easy last year. You know, you, you, you kind of knew it. You're going and you're like, okay, they're going to get another defensive lineman. You know, it's going to be one of these two guys. It's, it's set. And now it's like, who knows, man? This is great. This is this is super exciting. We can we could sit here all day and talk about all these different people that they might take. And, and I love that all three of the wide receivers don't actually fit right in the profile because it's like, it seems like a sure thing. Yeah, we're going to get one of these guys, you know, but they might not fall. They might all be taken by then, too. So it's man, man, who knows? I'm I'm just pumped up. This is going to be good times. And I, I love the you're locked on NFL stuff, too, man. That's that's great. I can't wait till that gets started. Oh, yeah, I'm super pumped for that. It's a fun event that we'll be doing all next week and it kicks off Friday. You'll be able to hear the first episode here on the Locked on 49ers channel. You know what it makes me think of when uh, just going back to what we were just talking about with the the analysis paralysis Remember in the movie Waterboy and coach oh, yeah. is like, no, you fake like you're going to fake. And he starts to like lose his mind a little bit. That's how right. it gets when you start like factoring every, and you start watching players and it starts to become mush. And you're like, I need to go to bed, take a nap and then think clearly right. tomorrow about all this. I feel like that with mostly everything when it comes to the draft because I don't watch college <laughs> football. So I'm just like, wait, no, this guy makes sense. No, this guy makes sense. No, this guy, this guy. It's yeah, like, oh. and you start nitpicking, and then yeah. you realize these are all human beings, so you need to get to know the player who's going to work their butt off to be the best player is probably the right. guy who's going to be the best in the end. Yeah, so are the are they allowed to still do meetings, but it's like virtual meetings Yeah, they're now? doing virtual meetings. So they okay. used to get the 30 visits, right? You get a 30 official visits of bringing players into your, uh, to your facility. And now... I think the 30 limit is maybe gone, but you can prospects can only talk to three teams per day or no. 
I don't know. There, there's some new rules, but yeah, it's it's all happening basically via teleconference. And so far right now, we have 10 confirmed visits of players that the 49ers are looking at. And uh, a lot of them are in that fifth to seventh round range type because that's where the 49ers have a lot of draft picks. And a couple of guys right. that'll probably go 31. They did meet with Henry Ruggs at the Combine. I know that. Uh, but there's probably a lot of players, and there's definitely a lot of players that we won't know about that they meet until probably after the draft. Real quick, this goes into our conversation earlier. We'll end with this email from Andrew talking about players that could have a breakout season like we saw from Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward mm-hmm. last year. We talked a little bit about Solomon Thomas. He says, which one of these players or other will have that bump in production, that will have that breakout this year in 2020? He lists Solomon Thomas, Akella Witherspoon, Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, or other. I like Solomon Thomas. I really do. I, I really, like, like I said earlier, and I said a lot last year, you know, I, I would come into, you know, our breakdowns after games. I'd be like, I like what Solomon Thomas was doing out there. Like he didn't get the play, but he had a pressure, you know, or he made the, the running back change, you know, his direction and this and that. And I, I really think Solomon Thomas is in for a big year this year. I mean, obviously I'd love to see Dante Pettis do something. I'd love to see Trent Taylor just back on the football field and, and Witherspoon too. I mean, it'd be great to see him step up. But if I had to pick between those guys, uh, I'd go Thomas. What yeah. about you? With Witherspoon and, and Pettis, it's a certain, like, I think their personality is just a certain way. And do they have that in right. them to just go take a job? And we'll see. And this is probably going to be their last try at that. And so that's either going to happen in training camp or it's not going to happen at all. But for players like Trent Taylor, who was the best player in camp at wide receiver, according to every beat writer last year, it's injury. Right. Can he be healthy? Can he stay on the field? Jalen Hurd, we still don't know what we have from that third round pick. Last year, can he be a monster for the 49ers? One of the few guys with size on that roster. So for for some players, it's health. For some players, it's inside them. How hard are they going to go take a job? And then for Solomon Thomas, I think it's a little bit of both. I think he's been through some things personally. So maybe a clear mind this year coming into it, a a clear opportunity for more snaps. I think he's built in a certain way that he's never going to be that edge player that they tried him out at early. He's an inside guy. So third downs. Solomon Which they Thomas, need right now, yeah. Right, third down, Solomon Thomas next to Eric Armstead. Go get him from the interior, and that's where he could make his mark, and I think that's what he's built for. So we'll see if he can be that guy, and, and I think he absolutely has the opportunity. Yeah, hey, real quick, shout-out Derek and Modesto. Thanks a lot for chipping in, man, buying a gift card to the restaurant. It really helps out. Uh, just good looking out. Also, I'm going to pimp out the restaurant real quick. I set up a GoFundMe account because I've been buying groceries for my 70-plus employees that I had to lay off. Um, and it costs a lot of money to do that. So yes. if you, yeah, so I'll, I'll put the, the link up if you guys, you know, even five bucks helps, honestly, guys, I'm buying everybody food and, and, uh, this is the time when we all got to stick together. So yeah. I appreciate everybody that's reached out and, and, you know, has checked in on me and the restaurant and everything. It really means a lot guys. Thanks everybody who has helped out. Thanks everybody who is helping out each other in all kinds of ways. And that's what we've got to do right now. And hopefully this podcast is just a little break from some of the realities and some people have it worse than others. So Mm -hmm. the more we can help people out, the better. And uh, I will retweet that as well, Nick. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Nick is at Bay Area Wink. We'll have those links up for you guys. And we'll be back again here next week, getting ready for the NFL draft. It's coming quick. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. Thank you as always for joining the show. My pleasure, as always. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow right here with Eric Crocker, Locked On 49ers. See ya.